Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning, 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific, and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. This observational documentary follows a year in the lives of two inspired teachers at Headford, um, the only primary age boarding school in Ireland housed in an 18th century estate. School life embraces tradition and modernity. Uh, for John Layden, uh, rock music is another subject alongside math, scripture, and Latin. And as well as his wife, Amanda, the key to connecting with children is books, and she uses all means necessary to ensnare these young minds. And this is a, just a wonderful film. The film is called School Life. And it'll be in theaters in here in the United States in on September 8th, and I believe in here in Los Angeles on September 15th. So be looking for that then. But in the meantime, we have an opportunity, and we're honored to have with us uh, the two directors of the film School Life. That would be Nisa Nihinan, as well as David Rain. Welcome to Film School. Hi there. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Um, I first of all. Uh, there's a, a very interesting backstory about how you came to know about uh, Hedford. It's, I know it's sort of a personal journey that uh, the two of you as parents were embarked upon. And then at some point, uh, you made a decision to move forward with uh, turning this into a film project. Describe, if you will, and you can start with uh, uh, David, if you'd like to begin, just to sort of describe how this started. Okay, we were living in the northwest of Ireland in County Donegal in a very rural area. We'd chosen to live there. Um, we were a couple, and we had NASA. We had a first child, and we decided we wanted our children to grow up out of, out of the cities in the country. So it seemed like an idyllic lifestyle and world, and our children were attending uh, a lovely little rural school, just four teachers. One teacher would teach three different years of education. And um, initially that seemed perfect, and then we thought the community is all very homogenous, they're not really experiencing much diversity. They're, they're, they were vegetarians and they were children of artists, filmmakers, and they were the weird ones in the school. <laughs> and, uh, we thought it was time to, to look for another school for them. So we started looking around Ireland. Uh, we looked at non-denominational schools because the, the school they had been in was a very strong Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started looking at alternatives to education. Um, schools that focus more on art, creativity, that kind of thing. And we came across, in that search, we came across the website of Hedford School. And the headmaster had written a beautiful letter on the, the website as an invitation to parents talking about taking care of the whole child and, the, and helping the children to, to find happiness in the school. So we thought we'd contact him and we went to meet him. And amazingly he had seen he knew of our previous work as documentary filmmakers and he um, said look um, you know what about a film about this school and we said well um, we hadn't thought of that but Nasser and I had both been to a boarding school Uh, I had had quite a difficult time I was seven my parents lived in Nigeria they sent me back to the UK Um, Mm. so I saw them once a year in the summer holidays and NASA had had a good time in boarding school. So we, we talked about it and we thought, okay, maybe it's time to, to make a film about how boarding schools have changed 
you know, what a 21st century boarding school would be like. And the, so we, we enrolled our children in the school as day pupils, not as boarders, because oh. we moved our lives down from Donegal. It's about four hours away down to, this, to live next to the school. And we, be, we began the process of researching, um, getting to meet parents, teachers, pupils. Uh, and that was the, the start of the journey. Right. Well, then, so tell us a little bit about uh, how this is uh, the first year, as I understand it, you didn't film anything. Um, you were just there. I mean, you were there as parents more than, than filmmakers. Tell me a little bit about that process, because I know it took a while uh, to establish yourself among that community. And uh, and just a little bit about just that journey for you as, as and not only filmmakers, but as parents in, 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 in getting familiar with them and them getting familiar with you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was like, as you said, like we were introduced to the school really as parents in the beginning. Yeah. And, um, uh, and really, you know, our research process was, I suppose, on one hand, it was through our own children's experience. And then on the other hand, through trying to meet and talk to as many parents and teachers as we could. Um, the idea of the film was kind of in the air. Uh, and um, the headmaster and the board were, were supportive of this, but it was up to us then to go and talk to parents and and um, the teachers. So that that you know that took a while, but you know we were able to see how our own children were being transformed by this type of education. And I have to say, it was just like a light bulb being switched on for both of them. Mm-hmm. They just loved the school. They loved the freedom of the school. They loved the fact that you know it didn't matter if you were different anymore because everyone was different there. So you know, difference was embraced and it was never an issue. Um, they, uh, you know, they they loved the music. They loved the you know reading became a big thing for them. So like what we witnessed in our own children really made us feel very secure about the type of film we wanted to go ahead and make. Now. The ladies, of course, were the main subjects. <laughs> yes. They had no interest in us as filmmakers. <laughs> and they thought the whole idea of a film being made about Hedford was just ridiculous. And who could capture Hedford, you know? Uh-huh. So, uh, so that took a little time. And we didn't have a huge amount of contact with the ladies because our own children weren't really... They were in Amanda's class for literature. But, you know, John teaches the top end of the school, and, and our child was, well, Ty was seven and Ada was ten. So they hadn't really had uh, had John as a teacher, really, for the first year. So it really it took to the summer term um, before we started having a conversation with John and Amanda. But in the meantime, we we had we made it our business to speak to as many alumni as we could, you know, people fifty year olds, forty year olds, thirty year olds, and asking them what their experience had been like in school. And it was John and Amanda's name that kept coming up. So we knew like we had to get to know them and we had to get them on board. Mm. And it was I think it was about two weeks before school term ended for the summer and uh, they invited us up for tea to the house. And at that stage, you know, like, we were just delighted with what the school had done for our children. So we we had this conversation where, you know, they talked about what the school meant to them, and we talked about what the school meant for us. And um, about a week later, they came back and they said, okay, we thought about it, and we're in. 
Wow. And and that was that was amazing. You know, I remember the first time I was allowed into the band room. It was like, okay, you know, don't mooch about. You know, don't <laughs> don't touch anything. But you can just come in and sit down and be quiet. And um, and it just went from there. So you know, it, it was this slow process where yeah. uh, uh, you know they slowly let us let us in. So when you say you were in, did they know that they were going to be the focus of the film or was this just to say you can come in, we're, we're okay with you filming uh, us, you know, filming the school and, and the, the kids? They never thought that they were the focus. They're, they're just not the kind of people to to court the limelight or to, to want to be on show in any way. Yeah. So they were just being kind in the same way as the film shows that they're so kind to the children. They were being kind to us. Yeah, probably felt sorry for us yeah. and said, okay, yes, come on, you can come in. <laughs> well, right it, through, go ahead. Right through, sorry? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Right through to the end of the filming process. I don't think they ever, they ever thought that they were going to be main characters. No. And uh, when we finally showed them the film after the editing was finished, they were quite surprised, genuinely surprised, even though they knew we'd filmed a lot with them. Right. Well, did 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 that more emerge in the editing process, or as you were making the film, did you feel like that's that's what? Well, you said you you, you knew that had to be the focus of the film, but um, I knew they were. We knew that they were important, but okay. we didn't know that they would be the absolute focus of the film. But no, to answer your question, I mean the thing is to make a film like that on that sort of intimate level, you have to have access. Yeah. And John and Amanda Layden. They just, once they said they were in, they were completely in. I mean, the door was swung open. There was never a bad time to film with them. We were, in, you know, we could always arrive in their, into their classroom. They, they never turned us away. And, and I think, and I think in a way, it was, it was the access that they gave us that really made it possible for us to, you know, to be able to build them as these very whole characters. And, you know, and, and that's that's a real gift to to a documentary maker, you know, because you can only work with the material you're given or the material that you know the access that you're given, and uh, and if people are generous enough to let you into their lives, then you can really kind of shape something out of it. Well, well, let me speak as a member of the audience, and uh, these are the teachers that I would have loved to have grown up with. I, I just can't imagine, you know, just as a, uh, you know, the, obviously they're. And there's the tough love that John is such a sort of a curmudgeon-y kind of person. And to, but you can see pretty quickly through this sort of facade of the way he presents himself to the kids because they're very loving about the kids, but they're also teachers and they understand the need to, you know, uh, deploy all those tools that they need in order to get through to them. But at the end of the day, they're just two remarkable people. It's just, it's just what a wonderful to find as filmmakers. My God, this is just a goldmine for you, for you as filmmakers. I'm sure uh, you realize fairly early on in when you're dealing with them that in, this was uh, this is the kind of uh, subjects that you you dream about as a filmmaker. Um, but uh, I, yeah, just remarkable. Um, they, I mean, they, they would just—I mean, they—they they would say to us like, "Well, we don't really do adults, you know. They only do, <laughs> you know, and 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 that's where they're most comfortable. You know, they're most comfortable in that sort of world of childhood where they try and you know give them yeah. immense freedom to discover who it is they are. And every child for John and Amanda is is kind of one of theirs. 
know, they, they feel like they've been surrogate parents to them for the time they're there. And they, when we were when we've been around the world to festivals with the film, we've met we've met people, uh, you know, as far away as Sydney and and contacted John and said, oh, we met so-and-so at Sydney Film Festival. And John, this guy, it might be a 30, 40, 50-year-old even. And John said, yeah, I remember him. He was here in 1982. And he was a, he was a fun character. <laughs> and his nickname was such. And he used to get up to this, that, and the other. And, and he just had such a memory. And he would say, oh, he was, a, he was one of ours. He was uh, a real Hedford kid. I, I could have spent endless hours watching these two. Uh, and and also, let's not forget the headmaster. Is it Demont Dix? Am I getting that? Dermot. Dermot. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, again, this sort of it almost feels like it's a, it's out of a, uh, for lack of a better context to put it in, like a Harry Potter kind of setting because they're so, they they, they sort of fit into what our perception would be of this ideal kind of uh, school, uh, but they are genuinely the people that they. They, they come across in the in the film. It's it's uh, it's great stuff. I want to remind our listeners that we're talking about the school. The I'm sorry, we're talking about the film School Life, and we're speaking with the co-directors, and that would be Nessa Nihianan and as well as David Rain, the uh, the two co-directors. And the film is opening in the United States here uh, in on September 8th, all and as well as here in Los Angeles on September 15th. I believe at the Monica, I want to say the Monica Film, the Monica Film Center here in, in Santa Monica. The school itself is a character. The school grounds are a character. And then you throw into that mix this very diverse group of students into the, uh, into the mix. And it, it just makes for a, just a tremendous, like I said earlier, context for watching these stories unfold. Um, Tell us a little bit about the school itself, the location and, and, and sort of the setting of it and how it played into the making of school life. Well, it is quite a unique place. I mean, it's, a, it's an 18th century building built around 1750, 1760, and it was an, an ancestral home of, of uh, Lord Hertford. Um, uh, so it has all those characteristics of, like you said, a Harry Potter type Place. You know, there are the there are long corridors. There's a secret door from the headmaster's <laughs> study that goes into another room. Yeah. You know, through through a bookshelf, literally. Um, so it has a it has a real magic about it. You know, that that gorgeous room where the children have their assembly. Um, it was it was called Lord Hedford's eating parlour, <laughs> and it's like a small museum, and it's used on the poster of the film, and it, it's yeah. magnificent portraits all over the wall. So. We decided, Nasser and I, right from the start, that we, we would stay within the world of the school and never leave because we knew it was, it, this, as you said, the school has its own character and, it, and a magical character, really. And even the staff live in the grounds of the school. So John and Amanda Layden, two teachers who are the main characters, live in the grounds. Dermot Dix, the headmaster, lives in the grounds. And a couple of other teachers live in the school. So it was a world we never wanted to... We, we wanted to keep the audience totally immersed in that world. And it's kind of, you know, it, it, it was once upon a time, like, you know, the colonial sort of world of, you know, like, you know, the, the vestiges of, 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 you know, colonized Ireland are still kind of, you know, remain around the school. So you've got these amazing, you know, gardens and you know, coperies and uh, woodlands, like a 48-acre woodland and, 
um, the children, you know, the, 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 the yard has these amazing stables where the children can bring their own horses um, and, you know, they board like they do, like, like the children themselves. And, um, yeah, there's something really, and it's, 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 and it's not like, it's, it's kind of shabby chic because, you know, yeah. the maintenance on a massive property like this is huge. And, and um, that's what was so attractive about Hedford. It was like, you know, a lot of this is like, you know, this world is, is, is kind of crumbling as well. You yeah. know, like it's, yeah. it's, it's uh, you know, the classrooms, they feel like, you know, you're stepping back into the 1950s. The science lab is my favorite
you know, he was like, you know, Mum, I was up there on stage, you know, and I looked down and all these parents are stand, sitting in their seats and they're all clapping and there you are with your eyes stuck down in them. <laughs> But that was probably the only negative thing he said the whole time that we were there because, you know, we had this other role. We couldn't just be, you know, parents, you know, cheering our children on sometimes because we were trying to capture what was going on. Well, I can only imagine as parents that not only do you impart knowledge, you're trying to set your children up for success and be and be good people and all the rest of it. So that but that's a one on one home you're at home mostly you know doing these kinds of things but to actually watch your children learn to be being taught by an accomplished obviously accomplished teachers to or imparting knowledge to them and also a way of thinking as well as just uh, an ambiance about what how learning can be in, in in an optimum situation all of those things for but for you to be eyewitnesses to it must feel like a, I mean as you said a true gift as parents and for them as well, but just can't. I was just trying to imagine what that would have been like. But, yeah, you know. well, I think we learned a lot as parents. You know, we really learned to, you know, give our children a little bit more freedom, you know, and, and trust them a bit more, as John, you know, clearly does with the children in the band room. You know, when yeah. you see, you know, Charlie there with the with you know with his drill and Xander yeah. there with the saw and they're rearranging, you know, the the, the stage and. You know, and, and you have to keep reminding yourself these are primary school children. You know, these are 10, 11, 12-year-olds. Yeah. And, uh, and yes, you know, none of them, you know, none of them hurt themselves. They take on this responsibility. It's like in the forts when they're up climbing trees and, <laughs> you know, building, you know, having little wars and stuff, you know. Like, they survive and they get through it. And, and, and that's, that was the big lesson for us was, like, we don't need to helicopter so much around our children. We just need to give them a safe environment where they're free to, to try out things, you know, and, and, and to discover for themselves who they are. Yeah. And, and John and Amanda kept, like, you know, echoing that back to us. You know, like, they would say, they would they'd be the first to point out to us that our son was very different to our daughter. You know, so they would he, he he would need a completely different approach. You know, there was there was none of this one one standard fits all. Yes. And, and I think that was fantastic. I think I think we learned a lot as parents. Oh, that's this is uh, so, so well. I want to. I'm. I know we've uh, probably short on time here, so I just want to once again echo what a just a wonderful experience it is to spend time in the life of Hedford and, uh, and, and your children and their children's children and all the rest of it that are involved in this film. It is, uh, I can't imagine someone not liking your film. I really can't. It's so, it's just so well done as well as the subjects and, and the subject of your film is so endearing. And I am just thr- thrilled to be able to not only spend some time with you, but to be able to let people know that this is a film, go see this. The film is called School Life. It is opening at the Lemley Monica Film Center here in Los Angeles on September 15th. Well, the film is for people who care about this. It's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. The reviews have been magnificent. It's It, it premiered at Sundance. Uh, there's just all kinds of reasons uh, beyond just, uh, you know, for people who look who care about this sort of stuff that, uh, you know. Uh, it, but again, uh, it's just a warm and loving film and... Gosh, as I said at the top of the interview, I wish I went to this school uh, and and spent time with John and Amanda and Dermot and and the whole and everybody involved. It just seems like a 
Seems like a great place to learn and learn how to think as well. I think that's as important as learning. Well, thank you so much, uh, David Rain and Nisa Nahinan, for spending time here with us on Film School. Thank you so much, uh, both of you. Thank, oh, thank you, you. Our pleasure. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.